You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hey. Hey, Sean. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing really great. Do you want to know why? Yes. Because we're just starting the day, in my mind, the best way possible, right? Do tell. I know what you're talking about, but... We're talking talking about rookies here today. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here with my best friend talking about rookies, and I just had a nice like Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the best way to start the day. It's a good. It's Saturday morning. Well, I think we might have just passed into afternoon, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it is. It's a nice way to start the day. And I learned something new about you, oh. which I think you've told me before, but I don't remember anything. You've, you've made it clear you have a mind like a fish. At times, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. You don't like Bloody Marys. Yeah. Uh, I like everything in a Bloody Mary. Uh, and when you mix it all together, I get about six sips into it, and it and I start kind of sh- like, after like, every sip. Like, like not actual shivering, but like like regret. Like, yeah. like it's almost like a, it's work to, to, to drink it down. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, those shows where like they make people eat grubs or something like that as part of a contest. <laughs> Um, and like the, my reaction to my seventh sip of a Bloody Mary is very similar to eating a grub. Okay. I guess I have to tell you the truth, which is I've been putting grubs in your Bloody Mary for the last, (laughs) for for like the last 10 years. (laughs) You're just learning this now on air live. Now I want you to know though, uh, Sean, that I am persistent because I do keep trying your grub laden Bloody Marys because I'm like, I really should like these. Like I like everything in it, but you did not try one today. No. I did not. I went. I went screwdriver. Screwdriver to me is just too much sugar. No, I don't have many other options unless <laughs> I want to just start taking shots of whiskey at ten o'clock in the morning. Have a you can have a, a like a, a beer. I suppose that doesn't seem morning very beer. Doesn't right? seem very breakfasty or. Although I tell either. you, one of my favorite beers I ever had was in a fish market in Tokyo at like seven a.m. Mm. And uh, they have you, you go look at the fish in these. You know, people are buying fish for their the restaurants and whatnot yeah. and then across the street is where they take the fish and they make like the freshest sushi imaginable and you have it at like seven in the morning with a beer and it's amazing that's that does sound amazing it's the only time i've ever really enjoyed a, a beer for breakfast it's um the way you describe that B- bjorn who's been on the show uh he loves working out and then eating sushi and having a beer like that's he like he feels like um, you know, a God after that. I like two of those things. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. Uh, so, so should we tell, talk about some news here? Well, yeah, let me just preview what's coming up here. Okay. We are going to be talking about six of the rookies that had their pro day over this past week. So that's not everybody that had their pro day, but we picked out the six, what we thought were the six most prominent. Or, we're not talking about Felipe Franks. Right. Okay. So, but that's, uh, or yeah. Garrett Groshek. Which is too bad because I know you love hockey and he's our he's got the he's hockey fighter name yeah. yeah, but so anyway yes after news uh, we'll be we'll be jumping into those rookies but what do you got for news Sean? Well the first thing basically is I think the biggest piece of news is that Dak signed mm-hmm. he, he signed a huge contract um, up to 160 million over four years yeah I think it was. and it, it, Dallas can get out after three years so it looks actually like more like a three year contract but it provides some. Uh, something solid to for them to build on, and if you've got Dak, if you've got uh, uh, Zeke, uh, if you've got Ceedee Lamb, you got to be feeling pretty good that there's something firm there. Yeah. If you got Amari Cooper, I'm not so sure because they got to pay him, and they probably uh, the team can can opt out after this year on Amari Cooper's contract. So this whole triplets thing that they were discussing is probably not going to really last beyond this year, right? 
Um, Gallup, Michael Gallup. I don't know. Uh, I said toss up. Gallup, Gallup's a toss up. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I don't think he is the future of their passing attack, but but he's a fine a complimentary player to CeeDee Lamb. So mm-hmm. I think that's where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady resigned in Tampa as well. Why would they want him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's interesting combined with a with a franchise franchise take Chris Godwin and not Antonio Brown. So like, I think they're looking at what's going to happen next year. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole package, that combination, um, makes me a little more excited about Tyler Johnson, who's a guy that I've I've liked for a long time. Yeah. So um, I think there's going to be a, a, a path for some more catches for him. Nice. Well, so you've heard, you've heard it here. Go grab him if you can. He's going to be cheap to acquire right now. Yeah. You, you, so you can get him for very little. Yeah. Um, I think he had one target in the Super Bowl and he dropped it. So I think that's probably not going to help him. <laughs> um, Cam Newton uh, re-signed less exciting than Tom Brady. Um, I think he's an interesting guy because I'm hearing two dueling like themes there one is so first of all he's got another incentive laden contract um he's getting paid a lot more than he did last year where he came in for very little um guaranteed money um but it's got so much uh in terms of incentives that you know they, there's been rumors that they're going to go after jimmy garoppolo uh, they could still do that because then he's not going to make a bunch of his incentives and so they can um, they could do that, um, and and this doesn't prevent them from either signing a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo if he gets cut by the 49ers or trading for him, or drafting a QB. They're drafting in the middle of the first round, and there's probably going to be a couple guys available. We're going to d- discuss one of them that might be available. Um, I was surprised by this signing. Um, just, although- be, just because he kind of looked washed last year he did but then i did start thinking about the fact that he was dealing with injuries for much of the year uh, but maybe that's the new cam but the other flip it side is be. Yeah. his numbers last year honestly were better than tom brady's and basically that same offense with better receivers and and uh um um in 2019 so oh, okay. so he, so he didn't have a whole roster of players that opted out and brady in 2019 um and then also Cam got COVID, if you remember, yeah. and his numbers really took a, a, fell off after that. And who knows how that impacted him? It's worth noting that Zeke also had COVID, and Zeke didn't look quite the same it's last true. year. So um, I'm thinking, I'm not saying get Cam. I'm just saying it's not for sure about the decline of Cam. It could just be like that offense is really mediocre right now. Right. And and so. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what else they do this offseason. And as you described, you know, the Patriots are always, the, they, they do things right money-wise, or at least they do things inexpensively. They have that reputation. Right. So uh, they're really not risking much with re-signing Cam. No. I read a, a comment from the Jaguars GM, Trent, I'm not sure how to say his last name. I'm going to go with Bulky. Yeah, he's Bulky, which is, uh, is, I feel like that's the name of the, of the, the, the foreign guy the immigrant in uh, in that comedy TV show from the 80s. Oh, my God. Perfect, perfect, perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers. Yeah, it wasn't the Oh, yeah, that's bulky. Like, that does sound name. kind of very anyway, familiar. I'm wasting everybody's time. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so old. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he uh, commented that there are some running backs in-house that will compete for roles on their team, and there's, they're looking to add to the running back room as well in Jacksonville. So... Uh, he went on to say, "You can only ride a horse for so long." Uh, so, are you that, selling your Robinson shares? I don't know. I mean, he. I think he ran about ninety percent of the uh, offensive plays for Jacksonville, and that's just a real big outlier. Is that including the two games that he missed, or is that just the games that he played? Do you know? I don't know. I don't I, know. You know, I, I would guess, think that would be the games that he played. I would be my guess too, um, but it's just it's something to keep in mind. It looks like his his role of carrying every football snapped uh, if you're going to run the ball is probably not going to happen again next year. I mean, we we've talked about how great of a find he was. It is also worth noting, and you you brought this up that, um, you know, when they when other people carried the carried the ball, they did just as well. That's true. So even though it was pretty impressive, uh, Ogun Adare Ogun Bonwale, mm-hmm. 
um, basically had the same statistical production as as Robinson. So I, I can see why they would want to give him a little bit less work. Now, maybe that is they're going to draft somebody. Maybe they're going to just sign one of these free agents that, that we're going to talk about in a quick second. Yeah, but um, it does look like they're they're adding names. And the salary cap, the thing the thing with the signing of these free agents is very few people it would just we can just mention this briefly. Um only two offensive skilled players of note were tagged, right? So that was Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson. Everybody else not tagged. And it's because I is what I think it's because the this the salary cap ceiling is dropped for, uh, to $183 million last year was basically $198 million. Yeah, $15 million just off the top. Right, so their floor went up from last year's floor, which is interesting. So now the floor is 180 so the teams have basically a $3 million window that they all have to fit in, mm. whereas last year it was the range was 175 to 198 So it, basically, I think a lot of these teams didn't tag anybody, figuring, go ahead and test the market. There's not a whole lot of teams out there that are going to be able to pay you money. So a guy like Aaron Jones, I'm just going to say it, I don't think it's impossible that he ends up back in Green Bay. Hmm. It just it, it all depends if anybody wants to spend the money. And we've talked about how running backs, there's really not much of a market for them. Right. So I think some of these guys are just going to might end up coming back to their original teams and just taking a deal. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the vibe that I see going on. Um, I don't know how they're all, all these, all these major guys are going to end up with a, with a, with the team. I mean, Cam wasn't franchise tagged, obviously, but I mean, he signed a contract that's going to happen with a lot of these guys. Right. Yeah. Ready to jump into it, Sean? Oh, yes. All right. So we mentioned there were well over six players that uh, had their pro days this week. We are going to talk about uh, just six of them, though. Trey Lance, um, Amari Rogers, Cornell Powell, uh, let's see, Jonathan Adams or Jay Adams, as he's known, Travis Etienne. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, and Ramondre Stevenson. Did I catch everybody there, Sean? That's I it. Think so That's so those, yeah, those are the guys we're going to talk about today. We're going to start it off with Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a quarterback out of NDSU, North Dakota State. He's 20. Young. Um, he, he's really young. He played only one game in 2020, well, which was basically a dumpster fire. It was not a good game for him. Uh, but in 2019, he played 16 games, had 287 pass attempts with 66.9% completions, uh, 2,786 yards, 28 touchdowns, and zero interceptions, which sounds impossible, but it happened. He also rushed for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. So amazing performance amazing production in 2019 he's six foot four but he has tiny little hands um, <laughs> he smells like cabbage <laughs> uh he's got nine and one eighth inch hands which puts him in the 16th percentile so i guess just little hands he he has little gloves <laughs> he weighs, weighs he needs some pukas like uh things to make uh, his uh to, to make his fingers longer right like, right like, right I can't remember what the, the word prosthetics. Was. Prosthetics, yeah. yeah. Uh, he weighs 226 pounds, so he's got really good size at 6'4. Um, he was in the 90th percentile in yards per attempt uh, with 9.7 yards per attempt. He would not run the 40 yard dash at his pro day. Is that that's your fact, Sean? I didn't, I he, couldn't find a 40 time for him. Yeah, that's anything to say about it. that? So, I mean, it's unfortunate if you're an athletic. I mean, I, I don't know the answer. So let me preface this by saying I don't know the answer. I have a sneaky suspicion that if you are an athletic African-American quarterback, you're, you're, you're a little reluctant to run 40 times because there's going to be certain numbers of people who are, who are going to want to, like, turn you into the next, you know, wide receiver. It's a thing that happens mm. to guys. Everybody wanted to make Taras Jackson into something other than a quarterback. Um I don't know that that's why. It, so you you think there's a race issue there? I don't know. That. I, I'm not saying I think, no, I don't want to say that. What I'm saying is I suspect that that could be a concern of his because there's not a whole lot of film on him. He sure. played one season in uh, you know a lesser division of football, and 
I think he just wants to basically establish, like, look, you you want to see me run? You you can see plenty of film of me running, running. But but you know, I I want to be, I'm here to be be a passer. And by the way, in the combine, a lot of quarterbacks don't run the forty, right? I mean, a lot of them don't want to have a, a lesser number and. And just it, they basically say this is irrelevant to why you would you would hire me for the job. Yeah, the forty measures you know your speed over distance, and most quarterbacks just aren't breaking off long runs like that. No, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't read a whole lot into it. We'll get into his profile. I just I, I just it makes me a little wondering if that's what's in the back of his mind a little bit. We do project him as a day one pick, probably maybe top 10 even yeah i mean he's a guy that could go anywhere in the first round i think yeah um after the pro day i did hear comparisons to him uh to josh allen he had a nice 50 yard pass uh at at his pro day where the assembled masses kind of applauded and cheered um and just a little bit that i heard uh, a little bit of rumor that the panthers head coach and gm chatted with him after his pro day workout so they might be looking uh, to draft him at number eight, they could today. By the way, uh, I believe um, North Dakota State is playing football today because you know, like they, their whole the reason why he didn't have a season, he didn't opt out. Really, I mean, he kind of did, but um, is they shifted their whole season to the spring, and and then they probably uh, lost like the first game in like fifty games or something like that. So, mm. so they probably could use him. He could he could still be playing for them, and they might might still have their streak sure all right sean well let's uh let's jump into our film review did you want to take this first sure um so the comp i wouldn't comp him to josh allen uh for me josh allen is uh like a thicker player um and um basically kind of a a load at court like at quarterback uh i i've comped josh allen to cam newton a little bit um uh who um body type wise Trey Lance reminds me of Colin Kaepernick um but he's got way more arm talent mm-hmm. um Kaepernick basically had a rocket of an arm but um didn't have a whole lot of touch on the ball and what I see when I watch Trey Lance is that he basically can do everything uh he he he's got a real nice release he gets can unload the ball very quickly I think he's accurate um the tricky thing is watching film from North Dakota State is all the film looks, it's just not very good film. They don't have fancy cameras. They're not on, you know, prime time Saturday night or something like that. So you're, you're, you're watching him and it's a little bit kind of like someone's got their iPhone and and sitting in the bleachers. And so it's a little hard to see everything. Um, I, I feel like, uh, he anticipates his throw well. So, so, so if he's, um, someone's running an out, you know, he's going to throw the ball, uh, before, before they break, before they break. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that that is not all the quarterbacks we're going to talk about are going to do that. Well, um, he really sells fakes, uh, misdirection. He does that. Well, he can throw uh, on the run very accurately. So I think that, um, I, I do think that, uh, he does have significant fantasy up- upside just because I think he's going to be very mobile and uh, he, he can run if he wants to run. He I don't know what his 40 time is. We talked about that, but <laughs> it's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, he plays in a conference where basically uh, they have been uh, very dominant. So uh, red flags for him are basically that the NFL, it's such a huge difference from what he's going to see in the NFL. Sometimes when things don't unfold like he expects them to unfold, he hesitates and he acts uncertain. So in the NFL, that's going to be a sack or an interception, or he's going to throw late and some wide receiver is going to get lit up. Uh, so I would ideally, you, I think you you'd want him to sit for a year. But we've been saying that for you know for years with these guys. And it never happens. If he gets taken in the first round, they're going to kick the tires sometime during right. the year. Yep. It happened with everybody last year. It took a stabbing of, of Tyrod Taylor to get Herbert on the field, but that turned out well. Um, <laughs> a legal medical stabbing. Yeah, a legal medical. I mean, yeah. I just want to be really clear. There was no, right. no crime was committed. <laughs> maybe, maybe some negligence. But um, I, I, I think he's like a fantasy dream. Like, I, 
I don't know. I've not actually said who my favorites are this year, mm-hmm. but he would be a contender for um, in a salary cap league for the top job, even over Trevor, because his upside could just be massive. Because of that rushing. Well, but, but Trevor is a he, good rusher as well. He can too. Um, I, but I just, I feel like th- this feels a little a little more there. I feel like, I don't know how to say it. Trevor's, he doesn't seem to have, um, he, he, he certainly has wheels, but I, I, I feel like he's got a little, um, maybe a little less quickness. I don't know how to describe it exactly. Um, but, uh, but I also think of, I'm putting down the distinction between a regular dynasty league and a salary cap league in that you, you don't get to keep a guy forever because the salary is going to escalate. So if you're going to have a shorter window for quarterbacks, um, then um, I think that there's a chance that guys like um, that are run past threats um, have a little more value because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're not so worried about when they can't run anymore. So I think, so I like them. I like them a lot. Yeah. I, I don't, got? I'll only add a couple of things. You said a, a lot of what I saw in film as well. The one thing I will, or a couple of things I'll add is that I felt like he went through his progressions well Um like I could see him kind of checking down on certain plays. Which I'll, seriously, very in watching the film, all these quarterbacks, like pretty much none of them can do, and he can do that. Yeah, um, and he, I did like his footwork. Sometimes I do feel like he's. This is nitpicking a little, probably, but uh, I've, you said he's good at throwing on the run, and I agree with you. But I feel like there are times that he kind of uses that footwork when he doesn't need to like he'll kind of throw off of you know off balance or whatever so that was just a a one negative I saw on tape but I overall I agree with you I think he's probably going to come a lot cheaper than some of these bigger names from bigger schools uh, in fantasy and I really like his upside and I just think you aren't going to have to pay as much for him and that's that's kind of what I've been saying is that everybody thinks that Superflex Trevor Lawrence one one with a bullet, and I've been saying I would take him one one. I would right now I would take Trevor Lawrence one one, but I wouldn't be afraid of of just trading down if someone is really in love with that pick. Some of these other guys are going to have a, a really good chance at being as good, and you might have an Herbert and Burrow situation right where you get a guy five picks later that's every bit as good. Yep. No, I I do I agree with you. I think that's really good a good suggestion. Can we talk about Jay Adams? Yeah, let's get into our wide receivers. Jay Adams, a wide receiver out of Arkansas State. He's 22 years old. Uh, this season in 2020, he played 10 games with 79 receptions. He saw 120 targets. He had 1,111 yards with uh, a 65.8 percent catch rate and he caught 12 touchdowns. So all of those numbers I just rattled off were good for top five nationally on Mm. all those stats. So he was producing at Arkansas State. At Arkansas State. Yeah, but it's still D1. It's it's still, yes, it is. Uh, Jay Adams is six foot two. He weighs 210 pounds or maybe 218 at at exos he weighed exos he he was an inch taller and eight pounds heavier do you think well he didn't i know (laughs) earlier so did he shrink i know that they didn't grow him an inch at exos but do you think working out there that he maybe put on some weight i mean maybe but you'd think that the exos time would be his final final time you're gonna say something about exos because didn't he didn't he like oh yeah well after the season ended he moved to dallas to work out. So he's been in Dallas working out since the end of uh, Arkansas State's season. Um, he specifically went there to increase his 40 time. So I don't know. I mean, usually putting on that kind of weight would slow a guy down. So I don't know if that's what was I, happening. So I had him or... from college. I had him at 220. And so hmm. weighing in on his pro day at, at I, had, I had him 6'3", 220. His pro day, he's listed 6'2", 210. Again, we've talked about how fuzzy these numbers are. Yeah. Exos was much closer to what I had him at, which okay. was six three two eighteen. You know, I know Exos with their forty times, they're laser timed. I think some of these pro day times are going to be hand timed, and I, I, if if it's a discrepancy between the two, 
I would go with Exos, although sure. I do feel a little bit like Exos is in the business of making these guys look good. Sure. So, uh, but all this number is basically, I don't know how much it matters. Sure. He, his numbers were pretty good. He's a he's a big receiver. He's a big boy. Yep. That that's the bottom line. Uh, he had a do, getting into some metrics. He had a dominator rating of thirty two point two percent in college. That's the fifty seventh percentile. Um, he had a fourteen point one yards per reception, twenty five point nine percent target share, and he broke out at twenty one point six. So the number there that really puts him over average or above average is just the target share at 25.9 percent that's uh that puts him in the 67 at arkansas state Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean that's that's a little bit for me his his uh his three cone short shuttle numbers um were just fine actually pretty good at Mm -hmm. exos um yeah i think it was um 6.9 for the three cone and I had 4.13 for the short shuttle. And that's right around that target we talked about last episode right, right. by Gil Brandt. So. And, and, and keep in mind that he's a big boy. So you can hit those targets as a big receiver. That's a good thing. His broad jump was insane. And it's kind of insane. I don't know whether his pro day, they're saying it was 11 foot six. Which is insane. I don't know how, I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. But, um, but he also uh, had... Depending on again, depending on which one, he had either thirty nine or forty one and a half inch vertical. Um, also, very, very, very good. Yeah. Uh, and did you mention his forty time? Four point four eight at Exos, four point five one at the Pro Day. Yeah, and it's really interesting when I was profiling him. Actually, the note that I put in the doc was, if he gets sub four five, he's this is a big deal for him. Mm-hmm. So it depends on which one you go with. Sure. <laughs> but either way, for a guy that big. Um, I think that's moving. He moves pretty good, yeah. He doesn't look that fast on film. I agree. He looks <laughs> he looks kind of slow. So I don't film. know the NFL. I, I've seen his projections going anywhere from from a day two pick to being undrafted. I don't think he'll be undrafted with those numbers, but but I've I've seen a range. I don't know. He's one of those guys. I have no idea where he's going to go and when. Sure. Uh, should I just present my film? Go ahead, present. Sure. Uh, as we mentioned, he he doesn't look fast on film. He is a huge guy. Uh, he dominated defensive backs in the Sun Belt Conference, um, but it's kind of you know it's hard to judge that. It truly is like a man amongst boys scenario, possibly there mm-hmm. that he's just playing against competition that isn't as high. He had a beautiful like OBJ type catch. Um, I can't remember. Oh no, it was versus Kansas State. Kansas State yeah. um, it ended up being um, bobbled as he was going to the ground. Um, but I saw, just so you know. That may be the one that you saw. I watched a lot of film of Jay Adams. Yeah. He had like five of those that he did catch. Yeah. He had a number of incredible catches that I'm very in on him in terms of his hands. Sure. And that's going to be important because he's not probably not going to gain a lot of separation against NFL DBs, um, but that might not matter given his body, his size, and his yeah, hands. Yeah, I mean, it's like DK, but a lot slower. Yeah. So he's just going to have to win a, a lot of contested catches. Uh, and then just last thing, this isn't film, but he was a Sun Belt. He was the Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Year and a second-team All-American, a consensus second-team All-American. So at the level he was playing at, he dominated and, and won awards, won recognition for that. And that's all you can ask a guy to do. That's all you can ask a guy to do. So I'll tell you why I think he dominated. First of all, um, we've talked about his size. Uh he he wins contested catches, uh, and he wins them. It's just co- totally dominates. These guys that he was playing against had no chance that the ball was in the air. Um, he's got elite body control. So the, one of the reasons why he made so many of these crazy catches, you talk about Odell. Odell is somebody who I think of it just in terms of just crazy elite body control. He has that. You see, <laughs> he seems fast. He doesn't look fast. But when you see him moving, like he does move. And so it's really hard to tell. It's like when you look at the people he's playing against, he looks like he's faster than them, but but he doesn't physically, like to your eyes, you're not seeing speed. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I would describe it. But it could just be because he's big. And, you know, it's is, is a bigger guy myself. You know, people have always underestimated my speed. <laughs> Actually, you are faster than I think you should be. I know, um, or at least I used to be. But um, so, 
he, there's not a lot of great. There's not, you know, Arkansas State was not on TV a whole lot. There's, you're not going to find a lot of film of him. Um, but I also think that how, you, having snazzy routes are just less important for players like this. I think um, if basically you just can play 500 ball and win every time, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, so uh, he's a really, really, really. Um, in the Sunbelt Conference, like he would just destroy people on blocks. So not that it matters a whole lot, but it's going to get him on the field mm-hmm. in situations. Um, I, I do. I, I have him down as a as a pretty big sleeper. I am. I, I don't know that he's going to come out of the um, day one and dominate because I think he's just going to have to get acclimated to a higher level of competition. But long-term, I do like him. Now, Flags, he had a partially torn MCL in 2020. Um, I, I don't think he's exceptionally quick. Um, and I didn't, see run, I didn't see him running a wide variety of routes. Again, DK runs two routes, or th- maybe three, and it works. So, so it just so, might not matter. So it might not matter. But, but he's a really, really interesting guy, I think. And, and I would, he's on my radar. All right, we'll move into a couple of Clemson receivers now. Start with there's Cor- more there's more tape of those guys. Right, <laughs> uh, Cornell Powell. He's a wide receiver from Clemson. He's 23 years old. He broke out this year as a senior with 53 catches on 79 targets. He had 882 yards and seven touchdowns with a 67.1 percent catch rate. He's six feet tall and 205, which is basically my size. So I yeah, yeah, for sure your size. <laughs> it is. Um, he ran a 4.5140, vertical jump of 36.5 inches, broad jump of 10 feet 8 inches, uh, three-cone time of 6.93 seconds, shuttle time of 4.23 seconds, and broke out. Uh, well, metric-wise, I'll get in here in, into in a second here, but the stats I just read off, those times from the pro day, um, are fairly average. The one that stands out, the broad jump at 10 feet, 8 inches, uh, it puts him in the 89th percentile, and his vertical jump is a little bit above average. Everything else is kind of average or below. Mm-hmm. Uh, advanced metrics, he broke out at 22.9 years of age, which is pretty late. Yeah. Uh, his dominator rating was 21.8%, which is also kind of low. It's relatively low in the 26th percentile. Um, but his yards per reception was high at 16.6, and his target share, again, kind of on the lower side, was 16.1%. So this, we're probably going to have to talk about this at some point in time. Some of this, the, the, the um, breakout age and whatnot, I, I'm not, I get less worried about those for players that are playing on elite teams just because you're going to have, um, you know, you got he people had, he in had, front of you. Yeah. He had T Higgins in front of him. He had, you know I mean? And, and there's these elite schools that are putting out first and, and second round wide receivers every year. You might have to wait in line a little bit and maybe the great ones are great right away anyway. And that's fine. But I just think on some, um, on some level, you, you take that with a grain of salt. When I look at Cornell Powell, I will note that he was the one receiver that uh, Trevor Lawrence had from his team catching his balls for Trevor Lawrence's special T-Law Pro Day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I don't know if that's a choice or if he just happened to be in town, but um, but I, I think that's worth I think he's got really nice hands. Um, I think he adjusts to poorly thrown balls, deep balls. Um, uh, I think he's got really good balance and good power, um, but he doesn't separate. Like I'm not, I didn't see him separating. Um, so that that's tough if you're not separating in college. Um, what I um, I, there's some other guys that we're going to talk about in the future, like Trayvon Grimes, that look a lot like him on paper. And I like him more than those, um, largely because of his hands. But um, but I, I don't know. Um, right now, I'm not. You know, he would have to um, get drafted into a really nice spot for me to to, to bump him up my ratings significantly. But 
Um, I like them, but I don't love them. Gotcha. Yeah, you mentioned the lack of separation. I I think that's especially an issue on the goal line. I feel like he doesn't get off the line, um, at least at the goal line. He doesn't he doesn't get into his route very quickly. I feel like he, I I wrote my note was that he lacks suddenness at the goal line. It just feels like he right kind of lumbers off the line or something. And that's kind of the problem I see with him overall is that he's he's not fast enough to score a bunch of long touchdowns in the NFL, and I don't see him as a good red zone option either. So um, if he's going to put up production, I think he's going to have to do it on yardage and volume versus touchdowns. So I see his ceiling as, um, as lower. I, yeah. I'm not excited about him i just see that fantasy ceiling as being kind of low yep i agree all right on to amari rogers yeah you know sean just on air production meeting here i might mm. not read all of the um the uh, metrics the metrics no, unless unless they're remarkable yep okay so amari rogers wide receiver also out of clemson he's 21 years old broke out this year as a senior uh, with 77 catches on 102 targets. He had 1,020 yards, seven touchdowns with a 75.5% catch rate. That's outstanding. He's 5'9 and 212, so a little smaller. Stout though. But 212, 212 is a pretty big number for a 5'9 guy. Um his vertical jump, I will mention, because it was 33 inches, which uh, puts him in the 17th percentile. Again, not a not a fail, but right. just something to know that his his burst might not be. Gilbert didn't like it. Awesome, right? And his broad <laughs> jump, which also measures burst, was just kind of average. Mm-hmm. His three cone time was um, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of all of those times, the short shuttle time, they were all kind of he doesn't measure great. Yep. Yep. Um, so we do project him as a a day two pick. Um, I was seeing possibly around the end of uh, round three, uh, as a possibility for where he's going to be taken. His advanced metrics, same thing. They're all kind of math, just slightly below average. Uh, so I won't go through the numbers, um, but you can... You can look those up if you want on Player Profiler. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I found interesting at his pro day is that he also worked out as a running back. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was interesting as well. He, he's So and I mentioned, I think last week, this year's draft class has got a million of these kind of like five foot nine guys that are like kind of thick for wide receivers um, and, and or pass catching running backs and the, the hybrids right and they, you can play in one place or another place you know like you're the, it might end up having a role like debo or something like that that's the kind of like the ceiling for what they might for what they might do it, it it's hard to um i mean some of them actually i am really high on um we'll get into some of those other ones later but He's a nice route runner. I think that's how he wins. Is that he? I think he does um, run nice routes. Um, when he's getting in and out of breaks, he drops his hips. So he's um, he does that part of it right. Um, I'm not so sure that he he should be more sudden coming out of a break than than I think he is. Like he does all the things that, right, but he doesn't seem to have that burst coming out. So I don't know how that's going to work. Um, that's why uh, that vertical jump was so low. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. When I watched the <laughs> senior bowl, um, uh, the practices, uh, he just didn't stand out. I didn't see, you know, you, they put you in these scenarios where it's just one-on-one receiver versus DB and basically the receivers should be winning that every time. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. So in the game, he had some nice catches. I just, to me, he just seems very much like a, a just a guy. Yeah. Like I, I'm not, in on him i i don't know why he would be a day two pick in the nfl but if he is i'm i'm just not that excited yeah yeah i um when i what i saw was lots of throws to the flat for him as you mentioned kind of that hybrid like let's get the ball in his hands and let him pick up yards after the catch he does have good hands and he does look good after the catch i thought um but it's those it is a bunch of short throws that I saw. He rarely looks open. I think you mentioned that as well. 
um, especially in man. Like if he's got a guy covering him tight, I feel like he does not get open. Mm -hmm. And you, I forget who you were talking about when you said that somebody went up and just, they'd get the ball. It was their ball. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Jay Adams. Yeah. Jay Adams. Yeah. That doesn't happen. No, he's, not, he's not Jay Adams. <laughs> it doesn't, and not just because he's huge, uh, no, I or know, not J- just because of his size. I feel like Amari Rogers just doesn't have that. Like that's my ball. I'm right. gonna go get that ball. I think that's maybe the most important thing in all of sports. By the way, whatever it is, if you have like that eye of the tiger, and that's my ball, that's my puck, that's my whatever it is. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, that to me is like a, if you see that, that's, you want that guy. Right. And I don't see that with Rogers. So, um, we, we are not establishing our rankings yet. We're just kind of profiling players, but I don't expect Amari Rogers to be real high on my list. Right. I agree. All should right. We, running back time. Running back time. Should we start, should we start with the, the big name first? Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, Travis. Now the whole world says ETN. Right. And that's because he plays for Clemson, and that's what they do in South Carolina. But if you go back to <laughs> Narlands, what is oh okay, gotcha. where he's from? Yeah, he's from Cajun country. Yeah, they say H N. Yep, Travis H N. And that's directly from the mouth of Travis H N. Right. So who knows? Is this could be one of those things where, like, sometimes a guy people just miss pronounce their name and they just deal with it their whole career they're just called something different yeah like minnesota right now is is um hockey wise it's you know people have been saying kaprasov for years he comes here and says no i'm not kaprasov i'm kaprizov hmm. everybody still says kaprasov yeah <laughs> so there's been lots of those cases where, where some guy just their professional name becomes whatever the fans call him. Well, and that's kind of what Travis said in the interview where I heard him pronounce his name. He's like, he just seems like a really nice guy. He and, does. And he was like, ah, you know, it's wrong, but <laughs> he's one of these guys that I'm going to root for whether he's on my team or not. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at with him. All right. So let's talk about what, but him. Sure. You want me to, I'll just run through some things. Yeah. Here. You, you, you can read better than me. <laughs> Running back, uh, 22 years old out of Clemson. He's he's played a bunch of games. He's had a fairly long career. So uh, he's averaged about 14 carries a game over that career and also averaged about 7.7 yards per carry uh, in his first three years. Last year was lower. I'm just going to chalk that up to COVID. And, and his, uh, line his, was, his, uh, his line was worse. And, his line was not and, as good. And T-Law's numbers are worse too. It's Clemson was just not as good of a team this year. Right. The thing that I really do like about him though is as the years went on, he was used progressively more in the passing game. He finished 2020 with a 12.2% target share. Yep. So that's I think that's obviously awesome for fantasy He improved especially. in his pro day. He he uh, at least what I heard um was that he looked smooth catching the ball. Yeah. So that's what I saw of of him on on tape as well this year at least he looked comfortable got it he's uh he's not a huge guy but he's got decent size 5'10 215 at his pro day um dominator or metric wise his uh his scores are all above average for dominator rating yards per carry target share um, his 40 time was above average. So those metrics are all looking really good. His vertical and broad jump are um, a little bit lower uh, at, well, closer to the, the uh, that's not oh, true. The vertical jump, jump is lower, yeah. 33rd percentile. His broad jump was nice, 93rd percentile. So I don't know. I guess now I'm wondering as we're going through this, those are both supposed to measure the same thing. It in power and burst, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering how why that is different for some of these guys. That's a little research topic for I, myself. For what it's worth, I mean, I'm guessing that bigger players have a harder time with the vertical jump simply because you're going more against gravity, mm-hmm. right? You're going gravity is directly going against your jump as opposed to laterally. So, when I see like when, that's one of the reasons why Puka's vertical was fairly, I mean, kind of alarming because he's not a big guy and you would expect him to, to be able to jump out of the gym, so to speak. And uh, uh, he didn't. So um, Travis here is um, is heavier. In fact, he's heavier than I thought. We originally thought he was going to be a little over 205 maybe. 
Um, so 215 and getting that 40 time is, is, is pretty interesting. He might be, he might be a, a day one pick at running back. He might be. And I, I know, I, I think he might be a surprise number one running back. To I, I don't, it, it, those, the metrics, they shouldn't matter as much as they do, but they do matter. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I he think had that, good, good times. Yeah. He had good times. Yep. So what did you see when you watched him? Um, uh, yeah, well, let me just mention before I jump into oh, that. Uh, the Cowboys are the only team that didn't attend the Clemson Pro Day. Just a nugget. I don't. Either they've decided they want these guys or well, don't want them, They've got so I guess. many skill position players on that team. They just signed Dak. They got Zeke. Sure. And they got Tony Pollard, too. And just they've got... Not in the market. Uh, they got too many receivers. Like you know, And, and Clemson's offensive line was, is all gone. So it's... I'm guessing it's just like, well, why are we going to send anybody there? Maybe. Sure. That makes sense. I'm just making things up, but that <laughs> makes sense to me. Well, that's why you, I throw out nuggets like that. Right. We would try to interpret what's going on there. I could be crazy. Um, HCN, uh, I was really impressed with his film. I feel like he reads defenders at the line really well and anticipates where holes are going to open up before they actually open up. He finds those small creases and consistently gains yards when not much is blocked for him, which is, for me, I love that in a mm-hmm. running back, fantasy running back. Um, he has excellent contact balance and uh, and also makes guys miss, so he's not going to go down easily. I mentioned earlier he's caught, caught a lot of his uh, team's targets this year and looks like a smooth uh, pass receiver. He's not great in pass protection, which is a concern for me um, if he has to leave the field on passing downs, but... Uh, hopefully that just develops and they keep him on the field anyway since he is a good receiver. What did you see, Sean? So I saw somebody who I did not think was flashy. Um, I think he's – I probably have to define what I mean by flashy. He's very fast, uh, and he plays very fast. But I think his moves are more subtle, uh, and, and I'm going to make a comp here. I'm not trying to say he's the same as Jonathan Taylor, but – he moves like Jonathan Taylor, and that Taylor wasn't just juking guys out of their jocks. He he was moving just enough uh, to so nobody was getting real solid hits on him. Yep. And and Taylor is heavier guy than he, uh, than HN, but so he's able to break that stuff. Um, it might be a little bit different story for him. He he definitely weighs less, um, and he's not as fast. Yeah. But um, it's, it does, that speaks to that. He's just anticipating at the line. Like yeah, he doesn't the, the, need to juke so much because he's just finding those seams. I, I agree. Um, I also saw that he was a poor pass blocker. Um, his contact balance is super good. So one of the things I saw, it seriously reminded me of Jonathan Taylor for the first half last year. I don't see him as terribly patient. Mm. Like, um, So we might disagree a little bit on what I was seeing. Uh, I, I just see him... I saw several runs where he was basically just would pick where he was going to go and then go. And sometimes that would mean that he would run into the back of his lineman. And that to me is a lot of what I saw out of Jonathan Taylor in the first half of last year. So he's um, anticipating a scene that never opens up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, possibly. And um, I, I didn't see him as somebody who I talked about his lateral movement. He doesn't have a ton of that. Jonathan Taylor doesn't either. I also didn't see a lot of stop and start. Mm-hmm. So he's running, some of these running, running backs, they run, something changes, they stop, and then do a different run. He's still just going where yeah. he's going. And at, at some point in time, you sometimes have to stop and change what you're doing. And I'm not seeing that out of him yet. Uh, doesn't mean he can't do it. Um, so uh, I really, and I, I made, I wrote it in our docket twice which means i saw it on a couple different games but really his contact balance is unbelievable mm-hmm. um i suggested that if he was 210 pounds he might be the number one running back in the board board um he's 215 so what i like about him i think he's a three down back so so with that comment you, do you think he's too heavy now or were you wanting no, to no him i was to saying is that i wanted him to be gotcha i did not want him to be a scat back gotcha. right and and so he's got enough weight that I think it'll work for his game. Um, he, uh, 
he's he's he was he was quoted it kind of became a thing that he was afraid to catch the ball or something along those lines hmm. um it didn't show so he unfortunately people ran with that um i just i think that uh i i'm, I'm not in love with his vision um i think that at least as it goes on i think he finds the right hole but i don't think that he's going to be a tr- terribly creative running back. But again, I, I had a similar critique of Jonathan Taylor. So I think he, there's a lot to like about him. I, I'm curious about where he's going to go and how high he's going to get drafted. Um, I think he could be a really good fantasy player because I think he's going to stay on the field because I think he can catch the ball. Um, and, you know, they can. he's big enough to pass block. He just needs to learn how to do it. And he put effort into it. It wasn't that he wasn't willing to pass block his form was just not great yeah he just he just he just lost more than he should that's coachable yeah if your heart is in it you can do the job eventually on pass blocking i kind of like this one sean you and i are are seeing different things right now at least in certain aspects of his game so uh well yeah i mean and there's going to be some room for disagreement and these things are going to our opinions are going to evolve Right. But that's my initial take, at least. Yeah, I like it. We'll have to, uh, I'll dig in a little more on HCN and uh, try to prove myself right. That's good. <laughs> you, you can try. Okay. All right. <laughs> you will try. Last player, Ramondre Stevenson. He's a 23-year-old running back out of Oklahoma. Um, he only played a couple of years for Oklahoma. His stats for, I actually don't, Oh, yeah, this is from 2020. Played six games, 101 rushes, 665 yards. He also added 18 receptions for 211 yards and seven total touchdowns. He's 5'11". Um, I, I'm i going to put him up at 246. Um, I did see him listed at 227 somewhere, and I'm guessing that was just a mistake because he's a, he's a big guy. He is a freshman freshman weight. He's, I don't a, big, know. he's a big boy. I, I um. It's a little, it's a little tough, um, again, to, to, to nail down some of these things. Um, on his times at his pro day, everything was really pretty, but uh, it was below average. It wasn't great, except for his three cone time was pretty good at 7.02 seconds. Everything else was, uh, was just kind of slow. A, a lot of people are looking at his 4.6340 time and, and, sending up red flags on that. Yep. I'll tell you why not to worry about it in a little bit. Okay. Oh, we, we a little teaser, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, we do project him going uh, either day two or day three. We don't see him as a first-round pick. Um, his yards per carry in college were really good at 6.6. That puts him in the 85th percentile. Um, the other college metrics were pretty average. Um and just because I mentioned Dallas earlier, just a note here that the Rams are the only team that did not send a representative to Oklahoma's <laughs> pro day. Because they keep on drafting running backs they don't need anymore. Um, so he was a zero-star recruit. Uh, so he he more or less took a year off and then did JUCO. Uh, so by the time he got to school... He was already older, and that's why we're looking at, you know, him in the draft at age twenty-three. Um, that doesn't that doesn't bother me a whole lot with running backs because you're basically for most of these guys you're just looking at one contract guys anyway. Right. Um, he's a load. So when I watched him, I thought he had unbelievable power and nimble feet, which to me is Jerome Bettis. Now that's or Nick Chubb. Um, those are that's high praise, mm-hmm. right? I don't think he had. Um, this this is going back a ways, but I he reminded me of Stephen Jackson. When yeah, I saw him. no, I've heard that comp too. Yeah. Um, it, 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 and Stephen Jackson was awesome. Yeah, I suspect he had better than a four point six three forty time. I didn't look at it, but Stephen Jackson, I think, was a first round pick. So uh, when I when I was watching it, it was before his pro day when I watched film on him and. It, he supposedly weighed 230. I thought he looked heavier than that. Like, I thought he was 250 in college. Um, I heard an announcer call him out at, in like, 247, something right. like that. And that's just what he looked like to me. Yep. Uh, 
when people were trying to tackle him, it just, it felt like someone trying to tackle like a heavy sled. Like you like, can't stop it. I, I was trying to think of, of what the visual would be, but just like this, someone puts, you know, a thousand pounds on a sled, sends it down a hill and said, good luck. <laughs> stop that thing. Right. It didn't seem, he, he just, he just seemed like he was bigger and stronger than everybody. And, um, I did see him try to jump a couple times. He just could not get airborne. What was his? What was his vert? His thirty-one five. Yeah. yeah, that's that Vertical sounds about right. Thirty-one point five, and the target <laughs> is thirty-six for so, running backs. Right. So I said I, I can see a bad vert number. So I, look, I'm predicting his stuff pretty well. He he uh, he catches passes well though. Um, he's not going to run routes like a. He's not going to be one of these guys like Ladanian Tomlinson that splits out and is basically a wide receiver. But he can catch running back routes he catches passes naturally so i think that's good at that size he sure as heck better be able to block um i thought his vision was good i thought he um read his blocks really well uh he was shifty like you move that weight his feet were well enough or or good enough that he he could get enough movement laterally to, to to get glancing blows um uh but I thought I definitely thought that was a little bit of a surprise, um, and I thought his speed, whatever he has, is I'm sur- surprised a little bit at the forty time because that's long speed speed, and he seemed like a guy who had speed that would build. Like you might not get that initial burst, um, but and AJ Dillon was like that last year, where his his forty time actually ended up being really good. You wouldn't see it on on tape because. In that short area burst, he didn't seem to have that, which for a lot of people was a red flag for A.J. Dillon. Um, so I thought, for me, the comp was a kind of a more powerful Dillon. Um, A.J. Dillon. Yeah, yeah, A.J. Dillon, not Corey Dillon. Okay. Uh, if you go way back, though, the comp might be Leroy Horde, which uh, he was famous for apparently saying, Coach, if you need a yard, I'll get you three. If you need five yards... I'll get you three. <laughs> so, so uh, that's kind of where I'm going with him. I, I, he's he's an interesting guy. Um, if he lands in a place like Pittsburgh, um, then you know he could have be very very productive. Probably not for a long time, two three years. Just a sh- yeah, short career. Yeah, short career, but but could be you know a, a guy that you know he might have a year where he gets you fifteen touchdowns and a thousand yards mm-hmm. um, in the right system. So, yeah, I was not expecting much when I started looking at tape uh, on Stevenson, and I ended up liking him more than I thought I would. Um, it's funny that you mentioned AJ Dillon because I remember having a conversation with you last year. Where I was like, ah, you know, he just doesn't like look that great and you were like yeah but he ends up six yards seven yards down the field everywhere every yeah. play every play he somehow was like that was a crappy run oh it was six yards exactly yeah. and i felt like i was seeing that with stevenson like yeah. he just you'd look up after the play was over and he's seven yards down the field so again i love that in my fantasy running backs yeah, you get those grinders that will and then they stay on the field is the other thing they don't come out on third down they're again if you you need one yard, you get you three. He gets three yards every time. You probably have to get four or one of the scaries. But yes, yes. You, have you to get, get a lot four. of yards. Um, I actually saw a patient runner, too. I, yeah. I felt like he wasn't just running into the line. He was waiting for things to develop, which I was surprised with for a big guy like that. Maybe it's just because he's, he's slow enough that he's got enough time to, to contemplate <laughs> his next move, right? That could be. That's a big, HN is so fast that that he's running into the back of his blockers because his, his brain isn't processing the game where it's not, his brain is slower. It's just, you know, yeah. it's, it's his body is faster. He's got to get his, he's doing that, <laughs> dig, 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 yeah, like yeah. the cartoon legs spinning. Right, right, right. right. Um, be, probably because he is such a big guy. It's, he seemed like he got stronger as the game went on. Um, yeah, I can see that being a thing, or a feature for him where it, trying to tackle him in the fourth quarter could just be 
a, an exercise. And I mean, that's a lot of Derek Henry gets a lot of that where it's like the game goes on and yep. he just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Yep. I do expect him to stay on the field in passing situations. He's a good pass blocker. Uh, and he caught about 75% of his passes as a senior and he saw about four targets per game. So he was involved and he mm-hmm. was making catches. So yeah. I think he's, uh, he's good. We're seeing be good similar in the passing things game. out of him. And I, I definitely, again, if he gets drafted to be behind, you know, a, a, a big name, you're not going to be excited about it. But if he gets a chance to, to play, I think he can be productive. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this batch of rookies. We'll have another batch coming up next episode. Uh, we'll also be talking about what goes down in free agency. The uh, official start of the next season here for the NFL starts on Wednesday. There's the legal tampering period that's on begins on <laughs> Monday, which is just a weird idea, but... Uh, we'll probably hear I, I some. Think, I think that's just a, a way of legalizing the tampering that was going on beforehand, right? Now right. We're, we're gonna, okay, okay. You guys are all doing it. We'll, just do it here. Right? It's like Amsterdam in The Wire. Remember we watched The Wire? They, had, they basically created a part of the city where you could just buy and sell drugs and it didn't matter, right? So right. that was that was their way of controlling it there you go uh so and this podcast will be this episode will be released on monday so you might already know some free agent news by the time you uh you listen to this but so we'll be covering uh free agency news we'll talk about our next batch of uh rookies uh, after they have their pro day this including week including kenny gainwell Ooh, kenny gainwell that's the biggest name i see out here all right well there you go a little tease for what's coming up Thank you for joining us today. Please remember to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. Join our Facebook group called The Steel Pod. And uh, you can find us on Twitter. I am at Steel Pod. I'm at Steel Pod, Sean. And we will look forward to doing this again next week. Until then, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group. And follow us on Twitter at SteelPod.